0: If you do have uh, your Bible with you, it would be helpful to have it open at Titus chapter 3. And as I said, I really just want to look at one verse this evening. Uh, But it's an important verse uh, because this verse, Titus chapter 3 verse 8, in many ways uh, sums up the message that Paul has been repeating again and again in this letter. You'll remember of course that Paul is writing this letter to Titus who he has left behind in Crete uh, to guide the church there and uh, Paul writes this letter to Titus to encourage him to continue and to complete the mission. It's important to understand what the mission is in Paul's mind. Uh, You might remember a few weeks back. Maybe last week, I can't quite remember. Uh, But we saw how Paul spoke of how believers have been redeemed by Christ's blood. Uh, Jesus came to die on the cross that he might redeem a people for himself. But Jesus didn't just die to save us from hell, though he did die to save us from hell. Uh, Jesus died for more than that, though not less. You remember we had that illustration of a house, uh, a derelict house which deserves nothing but to be condemned and that's like all of us. Uh, Naturally we're born separated from God and because we're separated from God, uh, we are useless for any good work. We're like that house where the Gutter is falling down, and the foundations are unsound, and the stairs are rickety, and the house is, in a word, uh, only fit for condemnation. And outside, there is a sign saying to be condemned. But Jesus comes and he pays the price and he redeems that house for himself. And no longer is there a sign saying condemned outside. Now says redeemed. And that's the position of all believers in Jesus Christ. They are no longer condemned. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But instead, they have been redeemed. But you remember how we said it would be a sad thing if someone bought that derelict house, but then did nothing to it. Uh, The stairs remained rickety, the foundations remained unsound, the gutter remained halfway down the wall. That would be a tragic state of affairs. And that's not how God leaves us. He redeems us to change us. He redeems us to make us whole. That is the mission. It doesn't end when Christ saves us. It ends when Christ glorifies us. When one day we stand perfected in heaven. But that work starts on earth. Uh, it starts in the process the Bible calls sanctification as God makes us more like his son through the power of his Holy Spirit. And all the way through this letter, Paul is encouraging Titus and the people in the Titus's congregation. And he's saying, remember to do good. Remember to grow in love. Do not forget to continue to grow in love. In Jesus Christ, Paul, because this is what you were saved for. And that is exactly what Paul says again in verse 8. Notice what Paul said. He said, this is a faithful saying. And these things I want you to affirm constantly. That those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Paul says to Titus, I want you to constantly remind your hearers that they should be careful to maintain good works because these things are good and profitable. Uh, So there are three sections uh, to that verse. Uh, Paul wants Titus, first of all, to constantly remind his hearers He says, secondly, he wants Titus to constantly remind them to maintain, to carefully maintain good works. And lastly, he says, because this is good and profitable. And that's what we're going to be doing, looking at this evening. uh, Those three sections. Uh, What does it mean for Titus to constantly remind his hearers of these things? Uh, What does it mean to carefully maintain Good works and why are they good and profitable for us to do? Uh, So let's look at that first part uh, where Paul says to Titus, I want you to affirm constantly that believers should maintain good works. And I understand uh, that the average person misplaces nine things a day, apparently. I don't know who counted this, but apparently the average person misplaces nine things, whether that be glasses or keys or mobile phone or whatever, and apparently they spend an average of 15 minutes every day looking for lost items. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, I'm sure it's a lot more than that. (laughs) Um, We often misplace things, don't we? We're forgetful people. We don't remember all that we should. It's not just the old, it's the young as well. And it's interesting. It's a theme in the Bible that God is constantly reminding his people. Have you ever noticed that? Right from the beginning in Genesis, all the way through the Bible, God is constantly reminding people. Uh, He instituted festivals so that the Israelites would remember what he had done for them in the past, Uh, Passover, that they might remember how he had rescued them from the land of Egypt. Uh, Sometimes God gives specific names to individuals to remind them of something he had done or that he would do in the future. You can see that particularly in some of the books of the Prophets. Uh, Isaiah, for example, is told to name his children various things. Hosea is told to name his children various things, and it's to remind God's people what he has said. So that when they look at those children, when they hear their name, it reminds them. Uh, God wrote his word down in a book. Uh, He inspired men of God to write his word down to help us to remember. Uh, He instructed his people at times to build monuments. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, uh, we were looking, weren't we, at how he instructed the Israelites to pile 12 12 stones from the Jordan River uh, to remind them how he brought them across on dry land. Uh, And that's not the only time he instructs them to build a monument to remind them of what he has done. Uh, Sometimes he gave special ceremonies to his people. Uh, He's given us at least two today. Uh, The Lord's table. Why did God, why did Christ um, uh, set that up? What he said is, do this in remembrance of me. And we have baptism, which is to remind us of what happens when a person turns to Christ. Uh, God has given us a day of the week, uh, a day of the week. And do you remember the reason he gave um, in the uh, book of Exodus? He said, you shall work six days and rest one so that you remember that God worked for six days and rested one. So again and again and again, God is reminding his people because God knows that we are forgetful. Uh, If you're anything like me, perhaps you've read the Old Testament stories, uh, the Israelites in the wilderness. And you see how they make the same mistakes again and again and again. And you think, how could they be so foolish How could they forget when they had seen the Red Sea parted, when they had seen quails drop from heaven, when they had seen God provide them with manna and water from the rock? How could they possibly forget? And yet we're the same, aren't we? Uh, God has perhaps blessed us in wonderful ways in the past. But how quick we are to forget. We need to be constantly reminded and that's why Paul says to Titus here these things I want you to affirm constantly we need to be constantly reminded to do good Uh, do you remember what uh, I forget the chapter now I should have written it down um, the very famous verse in Deuteronomy Uh, the Jews know it as the Shema and um, God instructed them they were to write it uh, on their doorposts and on their lintels and on their foreheads uh, that they were to recite it every morning when they woke up and before they went to bed at night uh, constantly reminding themselves of the law of God because we so easily forget. Uh, We can slip into bad habits so easily. Uh, You might think, though, well, why is that the case? Uh, Doesn't the Bible say we're born again? If we're a believer here this evening, we've been given a new heart. Not a heart which hates God, but a heart which loves God. So why is it so hard to remember well, the Bible also teaches that although God has given us new life, it's a new life that we need to work with. Uh, just because we've been given a new heart does not mean that life is always easy. Um, when we were dead in trespasses and sins, it was impossible to do good. But now that we've been made alive... Sometimes it's still a struggle. We have to endure. We have to persevere. Um, It's a bit like getting up in the morning. Uh, When you're dead, it's impossible. Nothing will get you out of bed. But even when you're alive, (laughs) it's not always easy to get out of bed in the morning. It's a bit like that with those who are born again. Uh, If you're dead in trespasses and sins, nothing you can do will help you do good but even though we're born again even though we've been given a new life sometimes we can grow sluggish sometimes we can grow dull that's why the book of Hebrews says we must constantly stir one another up to love and good works stir up the embers of love god has put love into our hearts but we must stoke the flame in our own hearts and in one another's too That's why Paul says to Titus, I want you to constantly remind your hearers of these things. But what? What does he want Titus to constantly affirm? Well, he tells us, verse 8, This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. Paul says, this is what I want you to confirm constantly, that believers, those who have been redeemed, those who have been saved, should be careful to maintain good works. Now, it's interesting, those two words, which are translated in in this version, uh, careful and maintain, uh, they're words which speak to being thoughtful. Thoughtful to paying close attention to what we are doing. In other words, good works won't just come naturally by themselves. We must pay attention. We must give close care that we do what is good. I said earlier that um, we often spend, uh, on average, a a person spends 15 minutes looking for something they've mislaid during the day. And apparently, neuroscientists say that the reason why we so often mislay things is because we fail to activate a particular part of our brain uh, when we put our phone down or when we uh, put our keys down. And we don't pay attention when we do that small, insignificant act. And so that memory does not get imprinted in the part of our brain which helps us to remember. It's because we did it carelessly, because we did it thoughtlessly. That's why it's so easy to forget. Uh, We forget because we fail to put our minds to what we are doing. And so Paul says here that we should pay close attention to our behaviour. We need to keep close watch on it or else we will drift in the wrong direction. Again, looking online, apparently uh, the average Olympian uh, athlete in the Olympics trains four hours a day for at least 310 days in the year. Um, They pay careful attention to their training regime. Uh, Swimmers apparently train an average of 10 miles a day at speeds of 5 miles an hour in the pool. Uh, Apparently marathon runners average 160 miles a week at 10 miles per hour. Uh, They pay close attention to what they do during the day because they know if they don't, they will never win that gold medal. They have to pay attention. They have to train hard. They have to have their mind fixed on the goal. So how much more should we pay close attention as we seek to do good, given that that is why Jesus died for us? Jesus died to redeem for himself a people zealous for good works. God didn't save us to win a gold medal. Um, If you want to go for a gold medal, I think that's fine. But at the very least, don't forget to pay attention to good works. That is what Christ saved us for. It's funny, isn't it? Uh, Wherever our work is, perhaps some of us are retired. Um, But whatever we fill our time doing, we know that unless we are careful in it, uh, it will uh, not be successful. Uh, Perhaps you enjoy gardening and you'll know that you have to garden in the right way or it will not be successful. I got given a plant recently and I always thought as long as you water a plant, it'll be fine. Turns out you can water a plant too much. And they die, especially houseplants. I did not know this. uh, But I did not give careful attention to the care of this plant. And it sadly died. We need to give close attention to how we behave in our lives. That is the reason for which Christ saved us. If we don't, our life will be a waste. Our life will be wasted. Uh, we may get to heaven, but we won't have a lot to show for it. Put thought into how you live day to day. Uh, ask yourself, uh, if you're married, how are you going to honour your husband today? Uh, if you're a husband, ask yourself, how are you going to love your wife today Uh, if you are an employee ask yourself how am i going to show honor to my boss today Uh, if you're a child uh, ask yourself how am i going to honor my parents today Uh, those examples i've just given are all taken from what paul has already said in titus already Uh, good works don't have to be spectacular uh, good works don't have to be written down uh, in a book as some great deed. Uh, good works are often just the ordinary faithful acts of everyday life. But we need to do it consciously. Uh, we need to take thought to these things. Because if we don't, we will slip into bad habits. Uh, we will slip into habits of not showing love to our spouse not showing honor to our employers uh, we will so easily just drift into what is common and what is usual but God doesn't call us to that he says be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect we need to be careful to maintain good works it will not happen by itself ask yourself each day How am I going to benefit my neighbour today? How am I going to help those who I meet in the course of my everyday life? How can I be a blessing and a help and a support to them today? That's what it means to be careful to maintain good works. But Paul closes by saying why. Why We should maintain good works as Christians. And it's not so that we can be saved. Uh, That's what so many people think about good works. People think if I'm good enough, God will let me into heaven. Uh, But that's got it exactly in the wrong order. Uh, We don't do good in order to be saved. God saves us in order to make us good. Uh, Look at that house again, that house was not good, it was bad, but God redeems it to make it good, and that is why we should be careful to maintain good works, because it is what we were saved for, not because it is how we are saved. Did you notice what Paul says? He says, speaking of good works... End of verse 8, these things are good and profitable to men. Uh, when he says men, he means people, men and women. These things are good and profitable. Uh, the word translated good here means excellent, or you could say beautiful or pleasing. Uh, Paul is saying that good works are pleasing and beautiful in the sight of God and in the sight of God. Others. Um, nobody looks in admiration on a scammer who cons an elderly lady out of her savings. Nobody looks on that with admiration and says, that's beautiful. Uh, nobody looks in admiration at a slimy politician who dodges a question with half truths and lies. Nobody looks at that with admiration. But look what Psalm 15 says about the person who will dwell in God's tabernacle. Psalm 15 says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly. And works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbour, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honours those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved." Do you, do you hear the beauty in that description? Those are the people who are admired. Uh, those who speak the truth in their hearts. They don't just say the truth technically. Do you know what I mean? Some people say words which are technically true, but they're really speaking the exact truth in order to tell a lie in their hearts. Um, children can be good at that. They say, I, I told the truth but it's what they missed out, which is important. But no, the person who God looks at is the person who speaks truth in their heart, who is true all the way down. Wherever you cut them, you see truth. Uh, Who does not backbite with their tongue. Who doesn't gossip against their neighbour. The person who... Uh, swears to their own hurt and does not change. In other words, they make a promise and although it's inconvenient for them later, they still follow through because they are faithful and they are honest and they are true. There's a beauty to that, isn't there? Uh, When we look at a person like that, although we may feel ashamed that we're not like that as we should be, we see there's a beauty to that kind of person. That's what Paul means when he says, these things are good good there's a beauty all of their own when we are people of good character you know a prostitute may have some sort of beauty Uh, they may have a sort of beauty which attracts foolish people to them but it cannot hold a candle to the beauty of a pure woman Uh, the beauty of uh, the joy of Of a pure woman. Uh, Proverbs, I think it's chapter eighteen, verse eleven, says, "As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion." It doesn't matter how beautiful you are outwardly. uh, A woman who lacks lacks discretion is like a pig with a, a piece of jewelry in their snout. The beauty of that jewelry cannot take away the ugliness of the character. Um, An arrogant man may have a certain charisma and charm, uh, but it cannot be compared to a man who is humble and who lays down his life for his family and for his friends. Do you see how there is a beauty to holiness which this world cannot understand? There's a Beauty to the patient person who is faithful day after day doing some menial task. A bit like that shoemaker, if you remember, if you were here last week, we were looking at, who was faithful in his task. Uh, Nobody looked on uh, his role as particularly important, but he did it before God. And it's precious in God's sight when he sees a husband, when he sees a wife, when he sees a child. Uh, When he sees a carer, uh, when he sees someone who just day after day after day is faithful to the calling that God has given to them. That's what it means to maintain good works and it is beautiful in the sight of God. But it's not just beautiful, uh, it's also beneficial. Uh, Notice what Paul said at the end. He said, these things are good, they are beautiful, and profitable to men. Uh, Doing good is beneficial to those around us. Uh, Sin, evil, bad deeds, they destroy. Uh, They corrupt. They create hurt and tears and anguish and distress and heartbreak. And every single one of us have experienced that to some extent in our life. And if we're honest, we have also caused it to some extent or another. Uh, Our lies have hurt others. Our deceit has caused harm. And others have done the same to us. But good, on the other hand, does the opposite. Um, Good deeds build up. Uh, They don't tear down. They build what is broken. They mend Uh, They may cause pain, short-term pain, just like a doctor may cause short-term pain in the process of healing someone, but it does good in the end. That is why we should be careful to maintain good works, because it is beneficial to those around us. It, to some small extent, reverses the evil effects of sin, That is what Jesus meant when he said that we are to be salt and light in this world. You know what salt does? It preserves. It keeps things from uh, rotting away. And that's kind of what we're supposed to be in this world, to preserve it for as long as it may last by doing good in an evil and dark world. And the wonderful thing is... Uh, No good that you do or I do, if we're trusting in Christ, is ever wasted. Uh, Nobody might ever see it. Nobody might ever notice it. Nobody might ever give you an award for it or praise you for it. But it's never forgotten by God. It's used by God in the rich tapestry that he is weaving in life. Don't grow weary in doing good. God is using it for his purposes. Uh, I love that verse in Ephesians uh, chapter 2, where Paul writes, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Isn't that an amazing verse? (laughs) Paul says there that God, beforehand, has already planned the good works that we are to do. God has a plan for you that only you can do. Uh, Your visits to people which nobody else sees, God sees, and appointed you for that. Uh, Your prayers for others, God appointed you for that your care of the elderly or of the sick, uh, your care for your children or for others' children, God appointed you for that. And it's precious in his sight. And Paul is saying, do not grow weary in doing that, for it is profitable. And I shared this story with um, some of the um, uh, helpers at YPF and Lighthouse. Um, someone shared it with me a Um, leader in um, a church how um, a leader he knew who ran a kids group in the past and uh, the uh, kids group um, didn't behave themselves as well as they should and in the end um, this leader had to had to close down the group Uh, it just wasn't viable anymore they couldn't continue it and they had to end the group Uh, but many years later that leader received, I think, a letter from a girl or a woman who had been a girl in that group. And it turned out that she had grown up and married and had moved uh, to another country, Australia or South Africa, I forget which. And uh, she uh, was married and she had children. And uh, as they were trying to work out how they should raise these children, this new mother remembered the group she had gone to, where she'd been taught the Bible. And she suggested to her husband, well, we should take them to church. (laughs) We should take our children to a Christian group. And they found a church and they went to it and they got saved. (laughs) The parents heard the gospel and they were saved through hearing who Jesus was and what he had done. And they moved back to the UK and she got in touch with this leader who had taught her all those years in the past. Now, I'm sure he was probably tempted to think, oh, it was worth nothing. What a waste of time that was. Had to close it down. We had to end it. And yet it bore fruit in the end. We don't know what God will do with the good that we do. That's why we should be careful to maintain Good works. Let me just close with three verses where Paul repeats this again and again. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 13. Paul says, as for you brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. That is why we need to be careful to maintain good works because it's always good and profitable in the hands of God. And that's why I've chosen as our final hymn Uh, Number 213. Uh, Number 213, uh, a hymn which recommits our lives to God and gives us the motivation we need in order to maintain good works. Number 213, King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be, lest I forget thy thorn crowned brow, lead me to Calvary. And particularly, verse 4. Says, may I be willing, Lord, to bear daily my cross for thee, even thy cup of grief to share. Thou hast borne all for me. So let's stand to sing 213. Mm